Clem Song Sparrow Farm and Nursery grows extraordinary herbaceous perennials, uncommon trees and shrubs, and a selection of luxurious peonies. Song Sparrow Nursery is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. Songsparrow.com, S-O-N-G-S-P-A-R-R-O-W.com. Underwriting also provided by Plant Skid, Deer and Rabbit Repellent, the first repellent to be listed organic by the Organic Materials Review Institute. Plant Skid is Swedish for plant protection and now comes with a plant protection guarantee. For details, www.plantskid.com. P-L-A-N-T-S-K-Y-D-D. Hello again and welcome. It's Ken Drews and you're listening to Ken Drews Real Dirt, the garden show. I'm here every week. I'm also around at kendrews.com. And those of you who are downloading the show, you know realdirtradio.com. And if you want to ask me a question or comment on the show, you can always send an email to kendrewsrealdirt at yahoo.com. I'm pretty excited because today I'm going to be speaking with Julia Hoffley. And she's a professional writer and lecturer. She lectures to the profession, people in the trade of horticulture, people who work at and own garden centers and nurseries. She also speaks to home gardeners. But one thing about Julia is she's never afraid to take a risk. You know, there's that old saying, if you stick your neck out, you might get your head chopped off. But if you don't stick your neck out, you're never going to get a head. And she always tries something different, always takes a risk. And I'm surprised at how resistant a lot of people are or have been in the past to trying something different, trying the kinds of things that Julia did when she managed a garden center in Michigan for 10 years. Really different ideas, bringing in speakers, having discounts. Well, we'll talk about all that stuff. But uh, Julia now is advising professionals on how they can survive our economic times, our difficult economic times, and bring more business and new business into their businesses. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to Julia, and I'm doing that right now. I'm speaking with Julia Hoffley, who is a professional writer and lecturer to the trade and to home gardeners. Hello, Julia. Good morning, Ken. And I can also say a friend of mine. That's right. And I th- I've always found that you know more about the state of gardening, the state of the profession of gardening, and especially garden centers and nurseries than almost anyone I've ever met. And you also seem to be a few steps ahead on trends. And I think what I've noticed is that the state of gardening is like the state of the economy and the state of the country. We're all in trouble. We're all striving to find new ways to make things work. And I know that you've been lecturing on topics such as that and going around to different garden centers. And uh, you told me earlier that you had just given a four-hour lecture. That's right. A symposium all by yourself. (laughs) Four hours. Just me talking. It was shocking that a crowd stayed for that, but they did. Well, that's because you're very interesting and you have a lot to share. What was the group that you were talking to? It was the Perennial Plant Association, a national organization of people who are uh, in the trade who either grow or sell or write or have something to do, breeders, to do with perennials. So it's a very broad organization that's um, uh, all over the world, actually. And they get together once a year for a symposium in a different city, and this year it was in St. Louis. 
And they're a very devoted and passionate crowd. I have to say of all the symposiums I go to and shows that this crowd is the most into what they do than anyone else I've met. They're in it because it's a passion, not just because it's a profession. It's obvious. We mm. travel with them. What were some of the themes that you were touching on in those four hours? Well, with my past experience as a garden center manager and buyer and marketing in the automobile field in department store called Marshall Fields that once was, um, I was speaking on how to drive customers into your business with special events and public relations. So the idea of the, the uh, workshop was to... Um, kind of define a public relations program and literally a hands-on how to write a press release about announcements, new merchandise, um, special events, and um, how to communicate it to the gardening world and get people to come to your store to experience that. And then also um, blow by blow with a checklist on how to do special events. How to ask somebody like you, for example, Ken, a national speaker, an author, to come to an independent garden center anywhere in the country. It can be a very intimidating process for people when they, they don't even imagine that you would be interested in coming to their little place. But of course you would be. And um, the gardeners in the area want to hear you speak. So I explained how to go about getting someone like you to come to their garden centers, build a crowd, accommodate you, all the things that are needed for rental, setup, etc., and facilitate mm. a special event. So it was a how-to four-hour workshop. Well, you were the manager and buyer of a greenhouse and nursery and garden center in Michigan for 10 years, and you became very well-known in the industry for thinking outside the box i would say to most people when you say things like oh we're going to we want to give discounts oh no we can't give discounts you know some of the ideas that you had that seemed so obvious and and simple and doable to me met with a lot of resistance but i guess that people are are opening their ears now that they really have to find new ways to differentiate themselves that's right it's um you know define yourself or lose yourself basically right now. It's even a stronger market, but I think it's a really good market for independent garden centers. Oh, what makes you think that? Well, I think most of all that uh, tr the statistics show that more people are going to independent garden centers than the big box stores. And they both mm -hmm. offer good things, but um, this year, particularly, people are buying local, thinking local, actually, and they want to support their neighbors, people within their own area. They're more careful with their dry cleaning, with their pharmacy, with uh, where they buy fruit, and where they shop for plants and plant products. And um, they want an experience. It's actually an outing now to go to the garden center. It always has been for real gardeners, but for people who are kind of getting their toe in the water or stepping off their decks of the back of their house for the first time into the actual yard. Uh, they want to have their cup of good coffee in their hand. They want NPR on the radio when they walk into the garden center. They want to see people's faces that they recognize and maybe a name tag on somebody. You know, I just did a survey, Ken, myself, because I'm writing an article for a national bulletin, and 
it was a survey to real gardeners on what they want from garden centers. And it was really something to read the results to that. They want these garden centers to have their own individual mix of plants that nobody else has. And that's why they go from place to place. You don't expect everybody to have everything, and you don't want them to. Uh, one place will have be into growing from seed, and they'll have a, a really unusual assortment of an, annuals. And another place will have 100 different tomatoes with a tomato list like a wine list in a good restaurant. Another place is into art, pottery, ironware. It's the place to go for sculpture and benches. And... You know, that's what I talk about when I suggest people in garden centers define themselves. Find your niche and completely mm. be it to everything you can be. Be that. So a garden center doesn't have to really have, be everything for everyone all the time. No. It's nice to have some basics So because time is money and we're all busy. So it's really nice when you do swing into a place for art that you could pick up some uh, fertilizer or uh, standard clay pots or grass seed that's handy, and handy matters to people too. But you don't need to have 20 different grass seeds. You just have to pick mm. out the ones you think are the best for shade and sun and just have them there, and that's a you know, convenience for people. But no, you don't need to be everything to everybody because then you have dissipated or watered down your assortment to do that. And then this economy, people have really cut back on, um, you know, what they've done. They've almost like to the point of dumbing down their assortments. And that's, that's not working because what you ended up with is you're forcing gardeners to comparison price shop. Right. And they otherwise wouldn't do that. They come to your place for something different. And if the top 20 perennials are carried at every single garden center, and that's all people did because they uh, brought their assortments down this year. Um, what a boring year that would be. You know, mm. the real gardeners are really getting into it, and they want something different from each place. And they love the personalities behind the place and what those people are interested in. That's what makes them independent. Well, and it's, it's, just, it's always been the thing that service rises to the top. The, that personal, you know, when someone walks over to you and greets you or when you ask a question, you get a really good answer. But a lot of garden centers may be looking for the least expensive help at this time, which is not what they should be looking for. They should be looking for educated helpers and people who can really deliver to the customers. Right. In the Midwest here with all the automobile hoopla or lack of, you're, mm. you're, uh, you walk into a garden center, and often you will see owners watering, answering phones, and ringing a register, whereas they would have had help doing that. And a lot of independents have department managers, and those people you'll see ringing cash registers or covering shifts that are odd. Um, their center staff, their key people are kept on as long as they can keep them on, but they're doing they're more broad in their responsibilities because they're trying to, you know, stay open as long as they possibly can. So it's an interesting, tighter mix. And when you go to shows, uh, the owners are attending, and before they would have sent department managers or buyers. You're talking about trade shows? Trade shows and actual, yeah, trade shows and symposium. But trade shows specifically. So, for example, where you might have taken your hard goods buyer 
your perennial buyer and your annual buyer to the Ohio Short Course, one of the largest annual shows in the nation. This year, the owner went by themselves because somebody had to stay behind, cover the open to close shift of the store, and keep the plants watered. And they have less people doing it, but they kept their key people on. So they're not traveling as much. Well, I'm talking with Julia Hoffley, a professional writer and lecturer, and Julia advises the trade, advises garden centers in symposia and workshops in big groups and even individually as a consultant, and uh, she's going to tell us a bit about some of the trends in gardening, the things that she sees coming along and the things that are popular right now. When we come back, you're listening to Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Gardens. Plants Kid Animal Repellent is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. Developed for the forestry industry over 20 years ago, no other product has been so extensively tested for long-term efficacy. For details, www.plantskid.com. P-L-A-N-T-S-K-Y-D-D. Clem's Song Sparrow Farm and Nursery grows extraordinary herbaceous perennials, uncommon trees and shrubs, and a selection of luxurious peonies. Song Sparrow Nursery is a proud underwriter of Kendrew's Real Dirt. Songsparrow.com, S-O-N-G-S-P-A-R-R-O-W.com. This is Kendrew's, and you're listening to Kendrew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. Thank you for staying with us. I'm speaking with Julia Hoffley, a professional writer and lecturer. She lectures to the trade, to professional organizations, to garden centers, and also to home gardeners in groups large and small. Well, Julia, tell me some of the things that you see that are the trends, the the popular things right now, and what you think might be coming down the pike. I know we've been talking in the last segment about your advice to garden centers to differentiate themselves, and I think that's fantastic advice. And it's also, it's a little depressing uh, that we have less people working in the garden centers, but I hope we have more people shopping in them soon. Uh, I hope this nesting thing gets going again and that people turn to their backyards. I haven't seen it where I am, and I've seen so many garden centers close. It's it's really just terrible. Uh, And even the box stores have less to offer. But uh, before I depress myself and start crying... Tell me what you see as maybe the future. Don't cry, Ken. I think things are looking up. I really do. Uh, I don't see that many closures around us here, and that means that we were made of a strong grain in our cloth. And I think people just have battened down the hatches in order to, you know, as you said, you're facing the storm there while we're facing the storm, and we'll get through it. Um, Things that I've noticed uh, are like the Food Network. We have a lot of young people on there. And they're showing people how to cook and entertain in and giving people ideas. They're inspiring you to try things you might not have tried before. And in their cooking, they use a lot of fresh herbs and vegetables constantly, continuously. And it's a wonderful thing because it makes you think about buying fresh herbs if you never have, and the segue happens. So I think that's inspiring. A lot of cooks like to garden. A lot of cooks like to step out the back door and uh, snip herbs. Uh, cut a tomato, and even though the tomato crop is late this year, as well as the corn. Boy, they sure are good, and so are the melons. And um, I think for the first time, younger people are really getting into that, and that is uh, helping our not only industry, but helping the next generation of gardeners to come along a little bit earlier. All they need usually is a balcony, mm. and that's where it begins. 
as we once did too in our planting days. And then I think that um, people are staying home more on the staycation circuit, and uh, they're going to more public parks, the zoo, uh, historical museums that maybe they hadn't been to locally since they were a kid in grade school on a, a trip. And um, they're taking their kids there. So I think there's a lot more public attendance to these places. And a lot of them have great gardens. And I think people are actually noticing plants for the first time. That's one thing I've... More people ask me, what is this? I've got plants. I always put my what's that plant at the end of my driveway. And I tell you, I meet more neighbors that way. They'll actually come up to the door on this driveway, knock on the door. Hi, you don't know me and you've lived there for three years, but what's the name of that burgundy plant at the end of your driveway? I think people are noticing things uh, much more now and uh, actually seeking out, trying to find that plant. And um, one of the questions they're asking often, does it come back? Experienced gardeners mostly know that, but inexperienced don't. And perennial matters to people. That's a big trend, I think. Um, I'm a big annual person and tropical patio plant person, but I find myself, even as a, a gardener who's out shopping, gee, my investment is perennial, shrub or tree. And mm-hmm. my annual is icing on the cake. So it's fluffing up my house and giving me spots of color all over, but I've tended to pull back a little bit on annuals, go more so for perennials because I can uh, justify it. It's an investment. And I think... I think like other gardeners that way. So I see people turning more towards perennials and a little bit away from annuals this year. And also, um, browsing animals are not going away. They seem to be encroaching on our areas that we live, (laughs) or we're encroaching on theirs, and they're letting us know, you know, who was here first. And, you know, it's a bigger problem in some communities than others, but overall, here's what I see about it. It's kind of thwarting the gardener's spirit. You know, if everything you plant gets chowed, you know, what does that do? And how much money do you have now to go out and buy that plant again and again and again? There's a point where you just go, forget it. So I think that's, um, you know, people are uh, are very much educating themselves on deer-proof plants, deer-resistant plants, and they're looking at those lists and they're reading labels. You know, with the deer with the circle through it, um, they're asking, they're uh, holding the garden centers accountable for knowing this about plants. And last winter was such a tough winter, weather-wise, that animals were eating things they never ate before. They ate Scylla Siberica. They ate, you know, hollies in certain areas. They ate um, hellebores, for Pete's sake. Ooh. Yes, exactly. So... There was a lot of reports of unusual browsing because of, how about, I heard this over and over again, Canadian hemlocks three feet up, an entire ring all the way around the tree, eaten. Well, it was rabbits up on top of snowbanks going all the way around the tree where they could reach. So there's this mysterious ring in Canadian hemlocks. Um, so it's that, you know, we, repellents are expensive. It kind of uh, only will spend so much. People are learning to deal with it, but I think that's affecting gardening. But, you know, we need to learn more, use good products, and, uh, you know, help gardeners not lose their spirit over plants because it also changes the mix of assortment of what people offer. Um, And I think the weird weather. 
has had an effect this year. It's rainier. It's been a cooler summer here in the Midwest, as well as many other places. And um, everything's kind of coming in late and into its own. So there's tips of little fall color here and there, and you're wondering, oh, now, wait a minute. My tomatoes haven't even reddened up. Right. You know, so we're not ready for that yet. We're just getting into summer, finally. And it's about 68 degrees out here right now. It's a, it looks like a beautiful October day. It's not even Labor Day yet. Gardeners uh, are enjoying a lot of free uh, talks that people are doing. I'd say the attendants are up on those talks within the garden centers on how to. How to protect your border. You know, how to repel animals. How to grow that tomato. The tomato classes... My gosh, there was standing room only at them. I mean, their most attended events out there were vegetable and herb related. Mm -hmm. And uh, cooking classes tied into them. Well, I hope people have success with their vegetables because uh, I know when, especially when young people jump in, they think it's going to be overnight. They're going to have all this wonderful lush stuff growing. And it's it's more than that, but uh, and it's a little bit of work and there's a lot of preparation. But I think what I'm hearing from you more than anything is that people are becoming educated. They want to be educated. They want to learn. They're, they're really after information. Absolutely. And they really... Um you know, they're coming over and meeting neighbors and asking questions, like, how how do you do that? You know, how, how come that grows in your yard but not in mine? Or um, I think people are sharing, you know, this is, we have unusual political times, you know, just watch where the sides are drawn between people. It kind, it kind of gets very emotional when you bring up politics right now and health care and all mm-hmm. that. But let me tell you the diffuser. Oh, what is that flock at the end of your driveway? That's beautiful. Gardening is like baseball once was. Everybody could talk about baseball, and anybody talked about baseball. It, it was a common denominator between all kinds of people. And to me, that's what gardening is. It, that's wonderful. It kind of diffuses situations and, and makes people have something very much in common. And uh, you can see a dinner party where everyone's talking about a heated subject and all of a sudden somebody talks about tomatoes and everybody melts and they go into a whole nother, <laughs> you know, uh, part of the evening that's much more enjoyable. Well, we're going to have peace through tomatoes. <laughs> and Julia, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and speaking to the listeners and as always, you are a font of information, and uh, you know you've you've kind of gotten me excited. Oh. And I hope people do call me and ask me to come and speak because, as you know, I want to. Oh, <laughs> and absolutely! And you are a fine speaker. Absolutely. Uh, oh, thank you so much. Thank you again, and I hope we speak again soon. I know. Take care. My guest was Julia Hoffley, a professional writer and lecturer who advises people in the professions the uh, nursery industry and garden centers on ways to bring more people into their businesses, ways to help survive our difficult economic times. And I think she has some great advice. And also she talked to us about trends. Now we've heard that vegetable gardening is on the rise. Younger people are getting involved in gardening, which is wonderful. But I thought one thing that she talked about that was especially interesting was how some nurseries are finding success by specializing, by specializing in unusual plants, specializing in art, 
uh, pots and pottery and uh, benches and uh, other places are specializing in annuals, vegetables, vegetable seedlings, starting things from seed. Because going to the garden center, it's true. It, it used to be, oh, we just go get some grass seed. Now it's really an event. You pack up the whole family. You go to the garden center. Sometimes there's something for the kids to do. A lot of garden centers are trying things like uh, miniature railways, things to look at, uh, a coffee bar, uh, maybe ice cream. So it, it's uh, something to do for an afternoon on a weekend that's really an event, and you buy the products that you need. But bringing people into the garden centers and nurseries, it's uh, challenging and it can be done. And she's finding a lot of success in, a, in an extremely difficult part of the country, the middle of the country. She worked at a garden center for 10 years uh, outside of Detroit. And uh, you can imagine that's a tough place. And she found great success by doing things that are unconventional or seem that way but very successful, and now she helped other people find similar ways to attract customers and to achieve the kind of results that she did when she was doing it. And I have to say one thing she did was bring me in as a speaker, and it was one of the most pleasurable experiences I've ever had. Not only is the audience treated very well, but I was treated well, too. So please join me next week for another edition of Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. 